It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are locked on Packers. Your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com Network, which brings some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. As always, thank you for listening. And if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and the Android app and check out my work over at PackerReport.com. And also, if you ever have any questions, um, feel free to send me an email. My email address is packwriter2002 at yahoo.com. That is packwriter2002 at yahoo.com. And I'm also at Report on Twitter. All right, on to the show, and that'd be more fallout from Sunday's blowout loss to Tennessee. On second down, we'll talk about, once again, Mike McCarthy on the hot seat. Third down, what's wrong with the defense? And fourth down, should they throw the ball? Or should they run the ball? But first is first down, and that is the tone of the team following a third consecutive loss in a fourth in five games. So I was coming down from upstairs to go down to the media auditorium on Monday with, with Rob Domoski from ESPN. And I go to Rob, well, this is going to be fun, isn't it? And kind of laughed. You know, the last two games, the previous two games, the Atlanta and Indy games, McCarthy was very positive after the game. Um, there was no doom and gloom to, to his voice. Um, but we kind of thought, all right, three games in a row. He knows what's coming from us. And we kind of figured he's going to get defensive and there'll be a lot of short answers. Didn't happen. He, again, McCarthy, in, in a positive message um, to us, which, of course, is a positive message toward you, not delusionally positive. I, I can see you guys rolling your eyes. There is, there is so much anger and frustration among you guys that I get it. Um, but, you know, it's it was positive mindset there where again he's got he he believes in his players he believes in the culture he believes in the in the leadership of his team I mean, he wholeheartedly believes i mean unless he's and I, I didn't get a sense that he's that he was lying to us about it and just trying to and put a positive spin on it and this has been his message to us for weeks and months now that he, you know, he loves he loves his team and, he, and obviously it's just not they're not responding on Sunday. I mean, they, they practice well, and it's just not going to Sundays. But, you know, McCarthy, positive yesterday. You know, Clinton Dix, we talked about safety high, Clinton Dix, and, you know, halfway through his press conference, he, he takes a moment to uh, to tease one of the reporters about his choice of outfits. Um, you know, Julius Peppers, the very picture of calm confidence and, 
and belief that his guys are going to figure it out and, and they'll figure it out. And, and, when, and when they do, it'll be all the more sweeter because of the trouble that they've gone through. You know, David Bakhtiari, you know, here's Bakhtiari yesterday. I'm not going to change anything that I do. I know a lot of other guys, we're going to keep chopping wood and wait for the fruits of our labor to come in. And that, that's, that really was the message from McCarthy and, and the coordinators and the, and the players that we talked to on Monday is we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. We believe in what we're doing and it's all going to work out for us. We'll see. I mean, this is, <laughs> it's, it's kind of been the message for the last couple of weeks too. And at some point just say, in fact, we, we did ask, you know, Clinton Dix yesterday and he, you know, this is what you've been saying the last couple of weeks. You know, why hasn't it worked? And, you know, even Clinton Dix admitted it was a good question, but you know, there's two schools of thought here. When, when things go wrong, one is you, you make change. Even if it's change for the sake of change, you make change in hopes of shaking things up. Or you stay the course. And you know what? If you're, you're Mike McCarthy, or you've gone, you're the only coach other than Bill Belichick to take your team to the playoffs seven consecutive years, do you just keep doing what you're doing? Not because you're stubborn. Well, maybe because you're stubborn. <laughs> in fact, I can see you out there in the audience right now saying, it's because he's stubborn. Well, you know, maybe you're right on this one. Um, but do you stay the course because it's worked? I mean, the track record is there. Do you keep doing it because you have faith in your system? Um, you have faith in the way that you do things. You have faith in that you delegate responsibilities. You have faith in your players. And you just figure that if you keep trying, you keep fighting, and you keep working, that you'll come through it. You know, I... It's hard because I, obviously I've never been in their shoes, but I, I try my best to put myself in their shoes um, and, and not just, you know, think doom and gloom and, and from my fan slash media perspective. But if, you know, just my job, for instance, I'm going to do what I do because it's what I do and, and it's worked. You know, my I, I have a, I'm a numbers centric kind of reporter and, you know, come draft time, I I have my ways and it's worked and. You know, I don't. I don't think I would change if I hit a you know a, a lull in listenership here, or my subscriber base goes down over a pack reply. I, I would probably just keep doing what I do because I've done this long enough where I, I feel good about my ways, and I can't think it's where they are with the Packers. And I don't. And beyond that, you know, I was, I was I did a radio interview on this yesterday. What changes can they make? I mean, what player on the bench is a better option than a, than a player that's starting right now? I mean, they're. Look, no one's playing well enough. I mean, there are no young guys who said, this guy deserves more play. No, they're just, there's not. I mean, is Richard Rodgers playing too much? Probably, yeah. But, I mean, it's not It's not like they have other options until Jared Cook gets back. And, you know, if Cook gets back this week, I, I would think that'd be a big lineup shakeup that you'll see a lot of Jared Cook. But, I mean, where do you go? I mean, there, <laughs> look, look at the defense. Where do you, who are you going to mention inside linebacker? You don't have any. They're all <laughs> with Jake Ryan hurt. You you are playing the entire depth chart. Blake Martinez, Joe Thomas. That is the inside linebacker depth chart. There's nowhere else to turn. Outside linebacker. Clay Matthews is hurt. Julius Peppers. Maybe Father Time has caught up with them. I mean, what are you going to do besides Nick Perry and Dayton Jones? I mean, Kyler Fackrell's playing a lot. What has he done? So, and, you know, J. Ron Elliott probably played his most snaps. Maybe he'll get a little bigger say in things. But, you know, there's nothing up until this point that it's screamed that J. Ron Elliott needs to play more. And, and D-line-wise, I mean, 
know, the guys in reserve are, are Christian Ringo and, and Dean Lowry. What have they done? They haven't done anything to deserve. And, and Kenny and Kenny Clark's, you know, a backup, and he's played pretty well, but he's played a lot of snaps anyways. I mean, there's no one clamoring to play well. I mean, old line wise, you, you it's probably, probably it's probably been your best unit. By the end of Sunday, you were playing the entire depth chart. There, there was no one up to play. You know, running back, you're playing everybody. You're, you're not gonna you're not gonna bench riders for Hundley. Um, you know, receiver, you know, Jeff Janis. I think he's finally demonstrated to all of you who wanted him to play and clamor for him to play why he's not playing with that drop touchdown pass the week before. You know, Trevor Davis, does he deserve more playing time? Well, the guy just muffed a punt and, and dooms your comeback chances. So I don't think there's any light layup changes, any, any lineup changes to be made. So I think if you're McCarthy, you just keep hammering away. You, you've had a fundamentals-based focus throughout your coaching career. I think that's just the way to go. I think you you trust in what you do and hope that it works. And, and you hope that you get some healthy players back and they can help turn the tide. And this episode of Lockdown Packers is brought to you by my website, PackerReport.com, home of the world's best preview and the post-game numbers piece. And thank you, by the way. I had one uh, loyal Lockdown Podcast listener say, hey, I subscribed. I want to read your preview. I love your preview. But your numbers piece was awesome. Um, <laughs> and, and by awesome, he meant, man, that's horrible. I have I always have 20 uh, really good stats after the game, and, and Sundays were just got off a lot of historical perspective on what just went down. But anyways, Packer Report members receive 10% discounts on tickets, 10% discounts on gear, and new and renewing annual members get Sports Illustrated. And if your business would like to speak directly to Packer fans, the most loyal bunch of people you've ever met, you should be sponsoring this podcast. Podcast listeners overwhelmingly check out your product and buy your product. If you want demographics and uh, advertising rates, you can email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com for more information. And that takes us to second down, and that would be a all-too-familiar topic on this podcast and over at packreport.com as well. And that would be Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson on the hot seat. And I'm going to use this as a launching point. Tom Pelissero. We used to cover the Packers. Um, wrote a piece for USA Today yesterday. You should check it out. Good stuff here. And Tom points out that of the five longest tenured coaches in the NFL, one, Mike Tomlin, 10 years with the Steelers. They're four and five. Mike McCarthy, 11 years at the Packers, four and five. Sean Payton, 11 years at the Saints, four and five. Marvin Lewis, 14 years of the Bengals, 3, 6, and 1. The only exception to that group, Bill Belichick of the Patriots, who were always good. You know, but even Belichick coming under fire after the uh, fourth down play call at Seattle. But that, it's neither here nor there for this podcast. Um, it's an interesting, uh, interesting note by Tom there, where four of the, uh, four of the five longest senior coaches have losing records. So, I mean, what, is, what does that mean? Does it mean that this is just the cyclical nature of the NFL? And, and this is where I stand on this. I mean, there, there's, there's a reason why the NFL under Paul Tagliabue, was it 25 years ago, whatever it was, put in the salary cap. It's the Robin Hood thing where you take from the good and you give to the poor. And that gives everybody you know, a, a fighting chance where if you're, if you're not good this year, well, you know what? You might be good next year because the salary cap makes teams lose good players and those good players... Go to teams that have salary cap space 
the teams that have salary cap space usually stink. And it's been, you know, with a few exceptions, that's been the way it's been in the NFL, where good teams rise and fall. And one of those exceptions has been Green Bay, and it has been Pittsburgh. You know, Cincinnati hasn't won playoff games, but it's hard to criticize Marvin Lewis too much for that. I mean, they that, you know, that team is about as cheap as it gets. But Or is it the fact that those coaches have all run their course? And I find that hard to believe just because there's, there's so much turnover that I don't know if, I mean, yeah, McCarthy's been with Clay Matthews and Aaron Rodgers and, and Jordy Nelson for a long time. But, you know, for the most part, there's so much turnover there all the time. You know, was this team has what fourteen new players on the opening day roster, and in more since the IRLS came out. So, so I don't I don't know if the message has gotten stale, but it's an interesting uh, perspective on on who are uh, respected league wide by fans, by media. I mean, what Packer fan? Again, I I understand that most of you want Mike McCarthy fired right now. At least most of you judging by my Twitter timeline and my email. And the forums over at Pack Report that you, I will um, generalize here and say you all want Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson fired. Well, of course, I mean you would take Mike Tomlin in a hurry, right? You would take Sean Payton in a hurry, right? But they all have losing records too, and it goes to show that um, I, I don't think you can pin a, a record on the head coach. And, and you know, I'm not being a McCarthy apologist here. If if you've ever read my post game piece from Monday, this is this is not even a subscriber's piece. This is a a free to everyone piece, and I laid it out, and you know, and I, I didn't say they should fire McCarthy, but I got damn close to it. And I'm, you know, what's making me not do it is, you know, McCarthy's won a lot of games. He's won a lot of games consistently, and let's give him a chance to get some guys healthy and see what they can do. But I mean, if you look at the Packers, they, they've had so many things that they've done well for so many years, and, and those things have all gone to hell. That you think, well, you know what? Maybe maybe this has run its course, but. But but nonetheless, I mean, if Mike McCarthy got fired on you know season ends, I think December January first, I think if he's fired on January second, and some other team fires their coach on January second, McCarthy's hired by January eighth, right? I mean, no no team is going to waste any time hiring Mike McCarthy because he's got a tremendous track record. So, but you know, I asked him right out of the gate yesterday, and I asked him the same question after the uh, after the indie game too. I asked him right out of the gate yesterday, are you worried about your team? I mean, they're four and five. They've lost three in a row. They lost four to five. You know, the defense is suddenly getting trashed. And what I mentioned a minute ago were things that they've done well for so many years have gone to pot. McCarthy says, and this kind of coincides with what I was talking about in the previous segment. I really like our football team. I love the guys I'm coaching. We have a lot of football left to play. Now, does the team like the coaching staff? More than game plans, that to me is what matters. And I don't mean like, I mean respect and do you play for the coach? Now you can take two <laughs> you can take two sides of this one pretty easy. You look at the first half of, of Sunday's game and say, no, they don't, you're on 21 nothing in the first quarter. Or you say, you know what, they played well in the second half. And obviously it wasn't good enough to win the game, it wasn't good enough to beat Indy. But they didn't quit. I mean, these guys could have rolled over and played dead. And at that point, you say, well, yeah, McCarthy's got to go because these guys are flat out quit on him. But you know what? They came back. I mean, they, they, they kind of made it a game. I, I, I never thought the Titans were going to lose that game. But you know what? They, 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 
made it manage they made the score manageable a couple times. You know, again, the if you're a Twitter person, the fire capers hashtag has been a popular one around here for for a few years now. And of course, after Sunday and Monday too, fire capers is popular. But you know what? The defense gave up 95 yards in the second half. And again, that's not to spin anything. That's not glass half full stuff. It's merely pointing out that for as god-awful as it was in the first half, they got some stuff fixed in the second half, and the guys played. They played for him. You know, if they if they if those guys had no faith in Dom Capers and his schemes and his play calls and what he's doing, they could have said, screw it. And you know, maybe do some freelancing or whatnot, but they didn't do it. So to me, that means that the the players or the uh, the coach's voice has not gone dead. And I got, I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent here before I move on to third down on, on coaching. Last uh, on Sunday, Mike Malarkey is hailed as what a gutsy call that opening onside kick. What a great call! Shows the faith in his team. Well, you know what? If the Packers had covered that kick, which they did, and they go down and score, and they lead seven to nothing, and they ride that momentum to a victory, are we saying Mike Malarkey is a gutsy coach? No, we're saying he's a moron, right? And this is what I always come back down to on coaching. Everybody rips coaching when it doesn't work. And it worked out okay for Malarkey because his defense stopped the Packers because Aaron Rodgers threw a crappy pass to Randall Cobb on third down. And they got and they emerged unscathed from their gamble. And I'm not saying you shouldn't gamble, but it's just the perspective out there. If a coach here, <laughs> this is it in, in a nutshell. When the Packers lose, I get emails and I get uh, tweets and I get posts in my forum about how bad of a coach Mike McCarthy is and how bad his play calling is. And when the Packers win, nobody credits Mike McCarthy for a great game plan. You know when they you know when they played Atlanta and they scored all those points with, with such a diluted lineup against the Falcons a couple weeks ago. No one said McCarthy had a great game plan. What great play calling! It was nice to see McCarthy having some really good play calling. No one says that. Coaching is either criticized or praised only based on the result. And the result, as always, comes down to football players. So, again, I'm not saying that Mike McCarthy shouldn't get fired at the end of the season. And if they're 6-10 and 10 at the end of this thing, then by God, they should fire everybody. You know, not everybody, but I mean, Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy will need to go if they're 6-10 and 10 or whatever. But to this point, and I'm going to keep saying it, players win football games. And if you don't believe it, look at the Mike Malarkey onside kick. And look at Bill Belichick getting canned in Cleveland because he had no quarterback. That, to me, it's players, 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 players. All right, third down. What's wrong with the defense? Maybe it's Dom Capers. And, again, I'm not, I'm not saying a change wouldn't fix things here. I'm just not saying um, I think you just can't go blind with the results. Um, man, what a, it, it, it couldn't have gotten worse, right? 21 points in the first quarter. In my post-game numbers piece, I point out that is the worst since 1986. The second, I believe, is the second worst in franchise history. That's not good. The 35 points in the first half, one of the worst. I think the third worst in franchise history. But again, the players say they're going to get it fixed. I asked Julius Peppers why he thinks that. Because that's just how I am. I mean, he's, he's positive and get it fixed. But it couldn't have gone any worse, right? I mean, the first play of the game, handoff to Marco Murray. I, I broke this. I broke down the X's and O's over a Packer report on a um, on a uh, what the, on, on a what's wrong with the defense story over there. You know, in a nutshell, 
Before DeMarco Murray gets that ball, the Packers had that play fat, flat out stop. They've got four defenders there against two blockers, or three, but two of those blockers are double teaming Mike Daniels, and one of those blockers goes and runs into the center. So the Packers had that play stopped, and then they just screwed up. Blake Martinez totally gets suckered on the end around action, so he takes himself out of the play. You know, Mike, Mike Daniels, well, first, you know, Clinton Dix, you know, not surprising, but he gets buried by the left tackle. And because he's buried by the left tackle, you know, a 300-pound D lineman, Mike Daniels, really has no prayer because the whole big just becomes enormous because Martinez is not there. And, and Julius Peppers ran so far upfield that Daniels really doesn't have a prayer. I, I know after the game, Daniels took the blame for it. Not entirely sure he should take the blame for it. I think that's uh, Mike Daniels being a leader and uh, taking the blame, or maybe he didn't need to. Too many. That's, that's Peppers way too far upfield. And uh, Blake Martinez running himself out of the play. I, mean, I can't even fault Clinton Dix. He's, you know, he's going up against a 320-pound Pro Bowl caliber left tackle. It's probably not a great matchup for him. So, as uh, Peppers pointed out, we had a couple of misfits on that play. That's all it takes. It takes one or two people to miss their gaps. And explosive plays like that will happen. And at the end of the game, Green Bay played good run defense. And again, 75-yarder counts, and I'm not diminishing it. But for the rest of the game, the last 29 carries, the Packers allowed three yards per carry, 3.0. And yeah, that 75 yarder is bad. It gets you off on a bad foot. But you know what? You can live with that. You can live with a 75 yard touchdown if it's only one play. And it was only one play. The run defense for the rest of the job deemed they're your job. And again, this is not spinning anything in Dom Caper's favor or the, or the team's favor here. This is actually a criticism. They played the run well, which is what you need to do. They get you in the second and third down situations where it's on your side. You've got them right where you want them with a crappy receiver core. Where they really have Delaney Walker's a hell of a tight end. I mean, the receiver, I mean, who the, who the hell's Rashard Matthews, right? I mean, no one, you know. And, and they couldn't stop him. No matter what they did, they couldn't stop him. When Dom Capers blitz, this is from Pro Football Focus, Marcus Mariota, 13 for 18. 200 yards, four touchdowns when Capers blitzed. You know, and some of those blitzes were five-man pressures to take away running lanes, and maybe they weren't exactly designed to get sacks. But the passage has just totally disappeared here. Um, you know, again, I'm going to have another quote here from Peppers. How, how do you get the defense turned around? And Peppers put it on the players. We've just got to rally, and we've got to find a way to stop the bleeding. Somebody has to make a play. That's the big line there. I think that's a little bit of what we're missing right now. Guys making plays, and that's pretty much what the game is. Having playmakers on the field make plays. So we've got to like we've got to, we've got to have a lot more of that, a lot more of that moving forward. And again, here's the injury situation coming to mind. You know, Sam Shields, uh, Demaris Randall, two starting corners, didn't play in that game. Inside linebacker Demarius or uh, Demarius Randall, Jake Ryan, um, he got hurt on the opening punt, so he didn't play any defense at all. Clay Matthews out again on the outside linebacker. I mean, those are four of, of your starting guys who played zero snaps on defense. And Quentin Rollins is back after missing three games with the grunt injury. He was god awful. So I mean, you're again injuries aren't an excuse, but you know you, you probably. If, if you're going to blame the coaching staff, which is fair game, 
I think it's also, also probably fair to point to, only fair to point out that they're beat to hell on that side of the ball too. Um, so first, you got to make a play. And how do you do that? I mean, how do you make turnovers? Well, first you have to have a pass rush. You know, pad, a pass rush, you know, breaking news here. You get bad passes or, as we've seen with when Aaron Rodgers gets hit, you know, the ball comes out. So you got to get a better pass rush you gotta, and you got to make some plays there. And second, guys just have to get to the ball and, and you know, it's the, the whole thing where the first tackler, you know, stops runner, the second and third guys come and swarm and, and get to try to get the ball out. I'm not sure there's been enough swarming on defense this year. I mean, I don't, I don't know Mike McCarthy's mantra has been finished to the ball. I, I don't know if I've seen enough of that lately. And third, the DBs just have to play better. And again, you know, who's there, right? It's not, it's not Sam Shields, it's not Demarius Randall, but, you know, from 2009 through 15, those seven years, Green Bay's corners had 16 more interceptions than any other group in the league. This year, they've got one. So somewhere you got to find you, somewhere you've got to find a way to make plays in the ball. And I don't know if they're equipped to do it, to be honest with you, but they're gonna have to figure it out. Whether Capers just needs to blitz more and more and more, and you know what, just suffer the consequences if, if you get gashed or, or what you have to do here, but. Somehow you've got to stop the bleeding. And your, and your run defense, again, was good enough to win the football game. Just everything else is not. And they've got to some, somehow get this fixed. And you know, maybe Demaris Randall gets hit back here this week. I, I, don't, I don't know the state of Jake Ryan. But maybe Randall's back. Maybe Clay Matthews is back. God, four games without Matthews, they've allowed 34.5 points. 34.5 without him. The five games with him, it's like 19. Guy's an impact player. Even when he's not making plays, he's an impact player. And get those guys back, and we'll see if the defense can uh, can get this thing fixed. And finally, fourth down, and that is the offense. What should they do? I think that's a great question. I mean, if you're Mike McCarthy, and you're down to your last seven swings of the bat here, do you put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands and say, go get him, Aaron. We're going to spread the field. We're going to say, screw the running game. Well, you know, I mean, forget the pretense of it. We're going to sink or swim with our two-time MVP quarterback, is that what we do? Or we, now that James Starks is back, do we try to get some sort of running game established? And again, I think, I think it's a great question. I mean, if you're going to go down, you should go down with your best guy, right? And that would be Rodgers and let him throw the ball. Like he did Sunday, he threw the ball 50 times. You know, you rid the scrambles. They ran it 10 times. So um, I think, I think Rodgers actually threw 51. He ran five times, so that's 56. And when, I mean, he was sacked five times for 56 and ran three times for 59. So basically, they threw the ball 59 plays and ran at 10. Is that the way that you go, given the fact that, you know what, they have no big play element on the team? Um, Jordan Nelson, a good game. Devontae Adams, a good game. But, but they're not game breakers. You know, Randall Cobb, I don't know if it's the hamstring or what's going on there. He, he's kind of just kind of been there the last couple of weeks. Um, so is that what you do, or do you run the ball? And I mean, look, Green Bay, Green Bay's running game is not Tennessee's at this point because they don't have Betty Lacey. But you know, Tennessee ran the ball, and they killed them. Not because they ran a ball, oh, well, it's but because they ran the ball. Period. You know, this is Mike McCarthy thing. You have to have attempts in the running game, and and then and that line never made more sense to me than Sunday where Tennessee had attempts for running the ball. Look, that second touchdown drive. You know, obviously, the Murray, the first touchdown, was the, was the, first, was the Murray run. The second touchdown drive. Play action, 
tight end Delaney Walker for 41, and then the, the uh, DeMarco Murray um, touchdown pass in which Murray's got the ball. They have to respect Murray. Everybody comes forward. Walker's right open for a touchdown. Third touchdown, um, a run away formation, and they, and they get a touchdown on it. And, you know, they play action on, on a fourth touchdown. This is what happens when you can run the ball. And Green Bay has no big play element as a straight-up passing game. And unless you're going to run Trevor Davis or Janice out there and sink or swim with whatever mistakes they make just for the sake of getting them out there. But the only chance that you've got to make a big play in the passing game, in my opinion, is you've got to run the ball and you've got to run it well and you've got to run it to enough times to make defense respect the fact that, you're not going to, that you are going to run the ball and you're committed to running the ball. And they have to dedicate the resources to doing it. And you know what? Maybe you can get a big play over the top on play action. But at this point, those are your options. It is a, a uh, uh, God, I'm trying to say a uh, dink and dead, dink and dunk passing game. And your hope, and your, really your hope of a big play is, you know, Adams or Jordy Nelson making a guy or two miss and, and turning a 10-yard pass into a gain of 20 or 30 because of Yak. And that hasn't happened frequently enough, obviously. Or you Try to find some balance with James Starks and try to get some plays over the top because of it. And to be honest, I don't, I don't think either option is really good with the state of things. And then complicated by the injuries where you, you, David Bakhtiari missed the end of the game at left tackle. I don't know how he's going to be. He seemed very, very, very cautiously optimistic that he was feeling better on Monday. But I don't know how he's going to be on Sunday. And then right guard TJ Lang... Dropped out of the game early, and, and Mike McCarthy had no update on Monday, but after the game on Sunday, said it didn't look very good. So, I mean, those are your two best linemen. You know, Brian Blaga's number three. Those are two of your three best linemen who either won't play or, you know, one's not going to play and one might be less than himself. It certainly complicates whatever you're going to do, whether you're going to run or pass. I think it certainly complicates matters where... Look, Don Barclay is Don Barclay. You know what you're going to get out of, of him. You're going to get a gritty performance, and you're probably going to get beat for some pressures too in, in the passing game. I, I don't know if you can pass the ball 60 times with him as your guard. I, don't, I, just, I just don't know, but his offense is such a mess. I, I, don't, I don't know what they do for, a, for, a, uh, for answers here. Um, I guess if I was the coach, I would try like crazy to get James Sarks going and and mix in time Montgomery in a run game and try to get some sort of balance and some sort of unpredictability and and hope it's enough. But they're, they're in a, a sorry state in offense right now, and I don't know the answer. It's gonna be a it's gonna be obviously a make or break two games here against Tennessee or Tennessee, against Philadelphia and Washington, the two teams that Green Bay is battling for a playoff spot, assuming that you know Detroit or Minnesota gets their their you know what together. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Once again, please be sure to check out the rest of the Locked On Network, which includes Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy, and Locked On Redskins to get you ready for Sunday's game. And we also have Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy over there. And, of course, check out my work over at PackerReport.com. Thank you, as always, for listening. And I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. 
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.